0: Welcome to a free solution.
1: Hey, it is Larry Sharp here on A Free Solution at W-Y-S-L-W-E-N-Y-E-N-I-L, El Myra Corning, the Patriot, and of course W A C K in Newark, New York. That's the cool Newark, not the one in New Jersey, you New Jersey people. I'm teasing my New Jersey people. Please listen in. Still good. Give me a buzz, 585 585- three, four, six, three thousand to join me in the show. I wanna bring up something that is I guess a little negative in a way, but I I think it's important to talk about this now. When I was a kid, my father passed away, and my father passed away of cancer, and if you've had anyone in your life pass away of cancer, then you know it's very challenging. It can take several years. You watch them die. They die slowly. Uh, It's hard. I was a kid. I was 11, 12 when I watched this happen. So very difficult for me. Why would I tell you that? Because when someone else loses their father or their mother or a parent, but in this case, say father, what I don't do is immediately go, well, my father died, you know, when I was a kid. So you should be lucky, right? You got your father as long as you did. What a jerk I would be if I said that. I've never said that to anybody because I don't want to be a jerk. That's not what I would do. Now, if we were commiserating over the pain that someone feels when they lose a loved one, that makes total sense. If someone says, Larry, you know what? I'm missing my father today because he died, that kind of thing. I might go, I get that, man. I'm with you. I miss my father too, you know? And it was many years ago. For me, it's better for me. I mean, I never, I'm never happy that he's gone, but it's it's better over time. It's less bad. And we're commiserating and talking about that. And that's totally fine. And you might say, well, Larry, it's obvious. Why tell you me this story? Because during a press conference this week, our Lord Master his Majesty King Andrew Cuomo II, oh hello, King. Um, he was asked, literally, "Hey, let's not worry about whose fault it was." Literally, they said, "Don't worry about whether it's your fault. Don't worry about that." But there are people who are sensitive to this whole nursing home thing, which I'm sure everyone listening knows that the Attorney General of New York State. Came out with a report that showed a bunch of underreported deaths from nursing homes, about 50%, which would take our percentage from 28% to about 42%, which would literally be the highest in the entire nation, from one of the lowest to the highest in the entire nation. And one of the things that uh, His Majesty wrote his glorious book about. So the reporter asked him, the reporter says, hey, what do you tell those people who feel sensitive because they lost somebody, they lost a loved one, they lost somebody, and a, a father, a parent. What do you say as a son or as a father yourself? And the first thing he did was blame others. He said, basically, I'm going to paraphrase, but if you want to watch it, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong. Call me and tell me I'm wrong if you think I'm wrong. But I'm going to paraphrase. He said, look, we did what we could do. People die. What are you going to do? If you're mad, blame Trump. That's basically what he said. Then, because he couldn't stop himself, because he couldn't stop himself from making about himself, he then said, my father died too. I wish I had somebody to blame for it. Maybe I'd have felt better. Then, I'm not joking, he blamed God. So even God's at fault. So literally, everyone's at fault except him. Hospital. These, the, they sent these people when they, when they knew that the nursing homes couldn't handle them. And the nursing homes took these people when they knew they couldn't handle them. And God gave us the disease. What was he thinking? I, again, I'm not making this up. He blamed everybody but himself. He blamed everybody from the intern at the orderly to God and everybody in between except him. Then he said, well, my father died. This is the guy who gets angry and gets indignant when someone says all lives matter after someone says black lives matter. Didn't he just all lives matter you? If you are feeling the pain now, your parent, your loved one is in a nursing home or was a nursing home and passed away and died. If it's from COVID, it's within a year. So that's, again, if you've lost somebody you love, you know, within a year, that's still really sore. I mean, that's really sore. And if on how close you are with that person, that may be sore for a decade. But for sure, a year. It's really sore. His Majesty lost his father five, six years ago. not I'm not saying this one still hurts. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it anywhere near as sore as the person who lost their loved one this year, how insensitive is that to say that? And how hypocritical is it? When specifically you're the guy yelling, don't say all lives matter when someone says Black Lives Matter, and when someone says my my dad died, well my dad died. People die. You just all lives matter this person when you said don't all lives matter them. The hypocrisy sometimes is just too much. Like a little bit of of his Majesty's hypocrisy can actually be entertaining. I mean, you want to cry sometimes, but at least it can't be entertaining. But there are points to where it goes so far. It's just too much of the spice. I can't take it. And when I watched him defend himself, I just thought, this guy might be governor again? This is the guy that people say, great job! Oh my God! Cuomo for president! That's the guy? And I think my... I don't want to get too upset. I know some of you like when I get upset, but I don't want to get too upset. But the hypocrisy is bad, and there was a simple answer. And the answer is grossly simple. When someone's had a loss, just say, Man, I'm sorry for your loss. Just be human whether it's your fault, not your fault, whether they think it's your fault or think it's not your fault, whether you blame the rest of the world, you can say, I'm so sorry for your loss. And then if they want to commiserate and talk about their father or their mother or their grandma or whoever that person is, then bring up your dad and we can commiserate together and say, yeah, absolutely. I loved my grandma too. Oh, let's talk about family and those values. And we could. And you might connect. And you might be human. And the average human does that. But when you are a megalomaniac, when you are only worried about power and staying in control, you can't do that. You can't. It's not how it works. Your brain doesn't go there. Because if you watch that, as soon as the question got asked, he was slow, he did not look at anything prepared, and he just kept riffing. Defend defend, deny, deny, defend, deny. Do you remember when everybody got on Hillary for going, who cares what happened in Benghazi? Remember when everybody got mad at Trump for going, it is what it is about, about the um, uh, COVID. But in both of those cases, to give both Hillary and Trump credit, they at least ended with, and we gotta make it better, and we're trying hard. They at least gave that. Those are both bad statements. Hillary shouldn't have said that and Trump shouldn't have said that either. They shouldn't have said it. But at least they realized, okay, whoops, probably shouldn't have said that. Let me at least say, hey, we're doing the best we can. That's what Trump said, right? And then Hillary said, we're going to try to find out you know, why, why it happened, something. Cuomo was like, you got a problem? Yell at Trump. Stuff happens. I'm not guilty. Get away from me. He's worse than Hillary and Trump. And I know that everyone watching here, probably hates either Hillary or Trump or both there's odds are that's true you hate one of those two our king our lord and master is worse than either of them so whichever one you think is a monster he's worse than them did you ever think Hillary or Trump would have more empathy or more sympathy than our governor I did absolutely and I'm a to talk to somebody who has felt that sting on a personal level, right after the break, bring on a guest after the break. Larry Sharp here, host of The Sharp Way Show, here on A Free Solution, 585 346 3000. Back after the break.
2: A Free Solution.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a free solution. Larry Sharp here on W-Y-S-L-W-E-N-Y-E-N-I. Elmira and Corning, the Patriot. W-A-C-K, W-A-C-K don't get that wrong, in Newark, New York, 585-346-3000. Um, I want to bring on the show now a guest, someone who has had to deal with... COVID and ICUs and hospitals in a very tough personal way. Um Tony, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay, Larry. Thank you. I am glad you're doing okay. I know that right now you have a family member who is currently in an I in the ICU in Rochester. Is that correct? Yes, my daughter, Samantha. Please tell me about Samantha. Um,
2: well, my daughter's 29 years old. Um, she has a four-year-old daughter. We kind of about right about November or so she uh, discovered breast cancer. Um, so she had that set up to uh, we got that removed. She had a lumpectomy. back to me, and to follow up with that, she was going to get um, some chemo. Mm-hmm. And so she went for her first round of chemo um, December 9th, Had um, some lot you no. Know, she wasn't feeling well the day after that and then 2 days later really felt bad and her doctor suggested she get covid tested she tested that friday was positive and by the monday the 14th she was in the
1: hospital with covid so she
2: was having trouble t- t-
1: breathing. so let me let me see if i can be clear what you're saying is your daughter who's 29 the 4 year old daughter herself had yeah. breast breast cancer yeah. had an operation to remove the lump then went in for some chemotherapy, obviously to make sure that they either got it all or that it didn't come back. Obviously, when you're under chemo, I know my mother was in the same situation, your immune system is is compromised. And from that, she caught COVID. Yep. Wow. So she is now in ICU, correct? Yeah. So for like, from the 14th to the 24th, it was
2: getting worse and worse. And there are, Helping her with oxygen, it was harder and harder for her to breathe. And right around midnight, uh, Christmas Eve, I got a phone call and said, "We're venting your daughter." So, oh no, they put her on a ventilator. Day, yes, sir. So, uh, since Christmas Day, she's been on a ventilator and been going through um, various stages of up and down, and uh, and just a real battle. Um, she's a fighter. She's currently starting to come out of, um, you know, come out of that, but.
1: Um, she's been a fighter. and um, So let me ask you, the during yep. this time, has she been conscious for a lot of it or not much of it?
2: As, as soon as you get, as soon as she went under the vent, um, she was sedated and given paralytics. So this way the ventilator could take over. Um,
1: so no, she was not conscious for about 35, almost 40 days. So are you are you able to visit her? Are you able to see her? Um, they, the nurses and everybody in ICU is awesome, right? So I'm daily
2: contact with them and they're really great and sympathetic and as great as they can be. But as far as physical visitation, no, they would hold up some phones for us. Um, we were able to FaceTime even when she was, you know, out and on the, on the vent. We were able to to FaceTime and do those things, but to physically go in and, you know, hold her
1: hand and uh, tell her we love her, no, couldn't. This is the part that bothers me tremendously with what you've just said. We've spent so much time trying to protect ourselves physically from COVID and, and so many other things. And I'm not against that, as we should. But we haven't tried to protect ourselves from the mental damage that comes from not being able to say goodbye from not being able to touch and have hope. Now, obviously you've been afraid for your daughter's life, believing that, you know, I'm sure back and forth you've thought, oh, she'll make this. And the times you felt doom and gloom and everything in between, You're your father, of course you feel that way. Yeah. But I also Definitely. know that being able to hold her hand and be with her would have given both you some comfort, other people who love her comfort. And I think we don't know, maybe even her some comfort. I absolutely believe that, Larry. Yes. And so now we're so worried about, oh my God, somebody might get COVID, which is bad. Don't get me wrong. Clearly COVID is serious and real, obviously. Yes. At the same time, we we have to allow people to live their life in a way that gives them comfort and gives them value. I mean, no matter what, our mental health affects our physical health. That's for sure right no matter yes, what sir. we're gonna have to make sure that actually happens so tell me what have you been able to do or, or get to happen with the hospital staff
2: uh the hospital staff like i said to a person have been awesome and they will my daughter is now to the point where they were they're taking her off her sedatives and she has a, a trach in now instead of the ventilator too but she's still ventilated but she's awake at moments and so we can FaceTime her and they do things like that. Um, but I also, as part of my daughter's story and talking to the medical professionals and the nurses and the PAs that I talk to, I tell them to a person every time I talk to them that I pray for them and I pray for their families and I pray for their mental health because they're my, they're our eyes, our hands, our voice and our touch, you know, and they're, and they not only see my daughter, but everybody else that's ICU. You know, in Monroe County, when you see the news, it says 150 patients in ICU. That's 150 families that are affected by that, and so somebody's taking care of them. And and you know, it, it's got to
1: have a mental toll on the medical staff too. You brought up a, a piece that I think most people aren't getting, which is that the medical personnel now have to double up. They have to not just absorb the emotion and the feeling that they have watching people either struggle or suffer or recover, both the positive and negative emotions there, but they have to almost do the same thing for you. They have to watch your emotion and feeling and sometimes act as you, almost try to be that person because they're the one who can hold the hand of your daughter. They're the one who can, you know, stroke her hair and, and make her feel like somebody's there. We've actually just added more stress and more pain to them.
2: Yeah, yeah. And like I said, to a, to a person, they've been great. But I can't imagine um, doing that day in and day out for so many people. Um Absolutely. I got a quick story. As my daughter was coming through, I was FaceTiming and the nurse was saying that she remembered my daughter. Uh, She was there the night that my daughter got vented and my daughter remembered her for a quick moment. And she told us, my daughter and I, that she went home that night and cried to her mom for a couple of hours because she saw how young my daughter was and she knew that she had a daughter. So, you know, she She shared that emotion
1: with me, which is Mm -hmm. powerful, you know. Yes. No, I could, I could imagine that, you know, we're, we're double. We're making so much pain by not allowing us to connect, right? Yeah. Whatever, whatever defenses that the frontline personnel have, as a general rule, are working relatively well. Not great, obviously, because some frontline personnel are still getting COVID, but they're working relatively well. If we could simply put that same to visitors, we could we could split that burden, that emotional, mental burden. That's got to be crushing people. And the worst part is now when they go home, they can't even go out and blow off steam. They can't even go out and hang out with their family and friends and and take that down. So now they've got stress. They go home. They got stress. They go back to the hospital. They got double stress. I'm surprised these frontline workers aren't quitting and just dropping like flies out out of the industry and saying, I'm out. I'm going to go drive a truck. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go on unemployment. I'm not do anything. So... But is do we have, Tony, is there a frustration that you have that you find that sometimes you take it out on them because they happen to be there?
2: I, I try not to, no, mm-hmm. because um, they, they've been really good about, at least for me, getting a hold of me, answering most of my questions. There's times when it takes longer than others. Sure. Um, you know, my frustration has been more with COVID and, you know, hoping that my daughter... Is going to come through this, and my frustration really builds. Um, and it, and it hits me personally. It can be any time of the day. It can be mm-hmm. a song that comes on, and you know, I just, uh, you know, you lose it for a little bit, and then you yep. got to, you know, pick it back up and go. So that's where my frustration is. And if I had the opportunity, or my family had the opportunity to go visit her more often, you know, we we'd be better mentally Absolutely. and better
1: prepared for when she comes out. My daughter has a long, long struggle when she gets out. Tony, can you stay with me through the break? Sure. Stay with me. Guys, we will be right back. This is Larry Sharp, a free solution, host of The Saltway Show. Give me a call, 585-346-3000. Back after the break.
0: Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simpletech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simpletech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simpletech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. A Free Solution.
1: Hey, Larry Sharp, back here again on A Free Solution. I'm also host of The Sharp Way. If you want to follow me on The Sharp Way, please do that. Heading over to, I don't know, how about YouTube? And follow me on uh, The Sharp Way. Here on WYSL, W E N Y E N I, Elmira and Corning, The Patriot, W A C K in Newark, New York. Reach out to me, 585 346. Here with Tony Vacari, um, the the things you've mentioned, you've said things like the healthcare workers in the hospital, they are basically like the eyes and ears and hands for you. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is if I was there um,
2: or my family was there, her mom or I, um, we would be able to be in the room with our daughter and hold her and take care of some of those um, some of those needs that she would have that that the nursing staff normally wouldn't have to take care of. Uh, sure. So now they're 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 being us, you know. And I know for sure uh, we did have we did have an emergency phone call that they thought there's a possibility that she might not make it. And so they did rush us there, and we were able to go in for a few minutes to see our daughter because it may have been an end-of-life situation, and they let us come in. You know, they showed mercy and and let us come in. And from that day forward, her mother and I were both in the room that day, from that day forward she's made progress. And I believe that that was some sort of intervention to say, hey, the only way we're going to get you in there is to just give you a little scare. And uh, from that day forward, she's she's done okay. And we were there to, you know, hold her and stroke her hair and tell her to keep fighting and fight, fight, fight. But she heard us and felt us. So those are the kinds of things. You know, normally, I would
1: be parked there Mm 24-7 as much as I could. And and so that's what I mean. No, I I get it. The, The thing that people don't always get is that when someone is ill or sick, what they need from you is we really need your strength, right? When we're ill, ill, we don't have strength, right? Because we're sick, so we don't have it. So we need the strength of our loved ones to support us, to give us the strength that we don't have. And it's amazing how many people don't seem to get that in our legislature, don't seem to get that in our leadership. And not just that. You know this, you're feeling it now. When someone is ill you can sometimes feel helpless you can feel like what can i do almost like i have no purpose like you want to walk around the house all day not knowing what to do with yourself but when you know you've got to be there at a certain time or do something at a certain time now you start to have some kind of control some kind of purpose and you can have that strength and pass it on to your loved one i mean am i off here no no absolutely not
2: you know, so my mission is every day to talk to the, the health care, the nurses and the PAs. I know them all. Um, I send them cards. We try to send them donuts and food and oh, just so to good. make sure that we appreciate them. You know, so that's our purpose and our mission is to, is to make sure that we, they know that we know that, you know, we love them as much as we love our, our daughter. Absolutely. How is your granddaughter doing? She is, uh, you know, she's getting along. She's four years old. Uh, her mom did a good job of prepping her for the cancer, you know, to tell her that, you sure. know, her mom was going to be sick. And, and so we don't, we don't tell her. She knows that she's at the hospital. She knows she's sick. Um, she's well cared for by us. She has a humongous extended family. My daughter and our friends and family have been overwhelmingly supportive. There was a GoFundMe account that was started. that Oh, so um, good. So, so generous. You know, people have been so generous and so great to us. Uh, and, and like you said, Larry, people ask me, it looks, looks like to everybody else I'm leading my normal life, right, every day. I go home, I do the dishes, yep. I clean, because I can't do anything else. Right. You know? So right. So, so what I tell people is just drop me a text. Just drop me, uh, give me a call. And yep. sometimes when I get those texts, I'm in a place that, you know, not a good place, and it helps me get back out. So that's what people can do for me or do for people that are having someone go through the struggle.
1: You, you have just, just brought up I, another amazing piece, right? When when we have struggle or pain in our lives, one of the hardest things for us to handle is the world keeps moving, right? And for us, the world's stopping. For us, everything is, in, you know, no, no, wait, slow the world down, stop. That's what we want to do when we have that worry or that concern or that pain or that struggle in our life. But the world keeps moving, and sometimes, to your point, when someone else just stops their world for a second and goes, you know what? Let me send Tony a text. You know what? Let me let Tony know that while the world may be moving, people still care about him. He still matters, right? His, his struggles and his daughter's struggles, people are still thinking about him. I think it helps so much. And people don't get that. Tony, I'm so glad you said that. I hope the people listening get that piece. If you have somebody you know, who's in trouble. Sometimes that little reach out's a good thing. It really can up tremendously. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. That's been a great help. I remember um, people often saying the phrase, if there's anything I can do, I hear that often. And the person who receives that often doesn't know how to answer. So they usually say things like, Thank you, that's a common response to that. It feels good and they say thank you. I would ask anybody listening to take Tony's advice right now. My opinion, take Tony's advice. If you know someone's having an issue or a crisis in their family in some way, take Tony's advice, send that text, let them know, hey, I care, I'm here. You know, you don't have to respond. I know you got stuff you're doing, I know you're in your own world right now, I got it, but I'm here, it helps Tremendously, Tony. Is there anything else you want to you want to bring up since we're out here now? Um, I mean, I'll bring up if I
2: can tell about my daughter's GoFundMe. Please. That would that would be nice. Um, it's help Samantha Vacari through cancer. I'm not sure how you get to the GoFundMe, but I think if you go through GoFundMe and look up my daughter's name, Samantha Vacari, um, that's there. Uh, again, it's you know all about. Um, the families that are going through these struggles, and mm-hmm. I really don't know if it's a if it's a mandate, if it's Cuomo that's keeping us out. You know, the the hospitals say you can't come in, you can't come. I'm not even sure why. I don't know where that is. So I don't know if you do or don't.
1: Well, Cuomo runs the hospitals, so it's what will happen is he will have some kind of committee that will decide what does what what does A and what does B, and then he'll take no responsibility for it if it's bad. And he'll take credit for it if it's good. So that's kind of how that works. So if, if people like it, he will say it was his idea. If people don't like it, he'll say it was the committee's idea. But in reality, he is responsible for the hospitals. He said that more than once. He actually calls them my hospitals. He literally says, I have hospitals. That's how he speaks about them. So he does control the hospitals. There's about 200 hospitals, give or take, in New York State. And he runs them all, of course. So my, my point here is we can't necessarily change that. Right now, at least.
2: Right.
1: In either case, I think we have to show a little extra respect to those people who are in hospitals. To your point, being the eyes and the hands and the ears of the loved ones. Some extra respect, like you just mentioned. And also, look, there are a lot of people being affected by COVID right now. A lot of people are. And if you know someone who is, if you're you're fortunate and it's not you... And you're not the one being affected right now. Awesome on you. I'm not mad at you. I'm happy for you. Just understand that others are. And a little text is not a bad idea. A little outreach is not a bad idea. It's really not a bad idea to do that if you're the one who is fortunate right now. Because as we all know, when fate wants to smack you around, it will. It doesn't matter if you're smart. If you're not smart. If you're rich, if you're poor, doesn't matter. If it wants to smack you around, it will. And hopefully someone will be polite, nice to you and reach out to you also. Tony, thank you so much for your phone call today. Uh, Best of luck to you. Uh, I hope so much that you're, I'm glad your daughter is, looks like she's on the mend. I I hope she's able to get out of the hospital very soon. I appreciate that. And she's a
2: huge libertarian supporter. Um, quick story, even when she was young, her first job, and she
1: got her first paycheck, she was mad that she had to pay taxes. <laughs> See? That's it. That, that's she it. Started, we we got it early. <laughs> Good. We got him. Got him young. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Oh, yes sir. yes, sir. There we go. We're trying to convert the world. I want 7 billion libertarians. I'm working on it uh, slowly but surely. I appreciate it.
2: Uh, you have a great day.
1: Thank you, my friend. Bye bye. So, Look, this is a a tough spot for anyone to be in. And I know that very often, if you aren't someone affected by COVID, this becomes something that's on a random or someone else's problem or something like that. That's true for anything. But it shouldn't be. Because while right now it's Tony's family's turn to feel this and to handle this and to deal with this stress... One day it's going to be your family or or someone else's family. It just always is. And we've got to have the community to love each other more and more. We are human, and we want to be together. Larry Sharp, here on A Free Solution, WYSL 585-346-3000, back after the break.
2: a free solution.
1: Hey, Larry Sharp here on A Free Solution. I'm also host of the Sharpway show. So, why don't you go over there and uh I don't know. How about the Facebook? Go to the, the Sharpway, follow me there so you can see all the other cool things I do. Uh, on on W Y S L W E N Y E N I in Corning and Elmira, The Patriot W A C K in Newark. Give me a buzz 585 585- Three, four, six, three thousand. You know the conversation that we had with Tony. It was obviously a tough conversation to have. Obviously, he felt proud to talk about his daughter in in the ICU. Hopefully, on the men, that's awesome. At the same time, what he was saying was something very important: that compassion matters that connection matters. We're having a lot of people who, while they're going to survive COVID, many people will, they're gonna have ongoing mental problems that are gonna be far worse. These are gonna be the survivors, right? The survivors' mental health is even worse. How about those people who lost someone they loved and were never able to say goodbye? What about the people who lost someone and they left on a on a negative? What if they fought with their mom or their dad and they were angry about, you know, what we fight about money or something, right? Mom, why do you spend as much money on this or whatever? And then your mom goes off, gets COVID, gets in the ventilator. Next thing you know, you're at a funeral. If that, if you even get to go to a, even have a funeral now. If you even get that, how do you find closure? How do you deal with survivor's guilt? And there is survivor's guilt without question. How do you deal with survivor's guilt? I don't know how you deal with that when you can't find closure. And it's unnecessary. I mean, if you had to argue with your mom and your mom goes outside and has a heart attack and you weren't, you know, expecting that or has a horrible accident, a car accident or something, the same thing happens. (laughs) But you can stop the COVID one. I mean, that one, you can sit down and have a conversation when they get it and say, Mom, sorry for what I said. I didn't mean that. Forget the money. I love you, right? You can do that. Here you can't. Here you can't. The mental health piece is a critical piece because when people... Are in a bad mental state. They do bad things and often they do self destructive things. And I don't want to necessarily connect those, but in a way I do, to the story some of you may know of the nine year old girl who was pepper sprayed by the cops. Now, of course, the response is one or the other. You know, all cops are great or all cops are bad. As always, neither of those things are true. Some cops are bad, most cops aren't. That's the reality of what it is, but I I get where the emotion goes, right? The emotion goes to, see, there's the evil cops again, doing horrible evil stuff. I get it. Or the, nope, I'm sure she deserved it. The nine-year-old cops are perfect. What bothers me most about this is two things. One, why would the cops even imagine that pepper spray was the right answer in the first place? Why would they even imagine that? Whatever the answer is, why would they even imagine that? What kind of training do they have that pepper spray is the answer for a nine-year-old? It's a serious question. And why did they not say, you know what, I shouldn't do that? And the second piece is the leadership. I forgot which leader it was. It might have been their chief. But when asked about the situation, he basically said, well, I mean, could have been worse. Like we could have shot her. Not those words. I am paraphrasing him. That, that, that's the answer? Now, why do I link that to anything else? Because the cops, too, are under stress, too, like all the rest of us. Cops are just human beings. They're, they're not magically good or bad. They're just human beings trying to do a job like everybody else. Their job is more stressful than most, obviously. Right? More stressful than most. But they're trying to do a job, too. And where was their compassion? Where was that leader's compassion? Why didn't that leader, instead of saying, could've been worse, go, my God, look at what a bad spot we're in to where these cops thought pepper spraying a nine year old was the right answer. We, we have work to do. As I said earlier in the program, when they went to Cuomo and said, how do you feel about those people who died? The proper response is compassion is, I'm sorry that you lost someone. That's terrible. Let's see what we can do to make things better. Let's try to fix it. Let's try to make make that death valuable for others too, to make even more impact. Let's let's make the life of your loved one even more impactful. Can we do that? That's the right way of handling that. When it came to Tony and his situation with his daughter, what did he want to do? He knew he doesn't have magic powers to heal his daughter. But he did know that compassion was going to help her. That, that that being there and holding her was going to help. It was going to make things better. And he knows that yelling at the staff, even though I'm sure he's frustrated. I'm sure his family is frustrated. But he's not resorting to yelling at the staff and calling them names. Of course he's not resorting to that because that's not going to be helpful. He realizes that. So he doesn't do that, he goes for compassion, even with those people who wind up being a blocker for him, right, they are blocking him by default, compassion. And when those cops pepper sprayed that nine-year-old daughter, leadership should have gone to compassion. This is not crazy, I say it all the time, Elvis Costello, I date myself when I say this. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? I don't know why that concept is so crazy. I don't know why it's so not... You know what? I'm not saying don't don't get things done. Like, don't fix things. What I'm saying is lead with compassion and then have a plan. I like plans. I want people to fix things. I do. I want people to make things better and... I want them to be human. If we were more compassionate in our police force, the odds of them pepper spraying a a nine-year-old just went down. And if the leadership would be more compassionate with the people who are complaining about this, it wouldn't be as bad. It would be better. We still have to fix the training in the police force. They have no way of dealing with a nine-year-old besides pepper spray, or they believed it was the right answer, whatever was the issue here. Obviously, we have a training issue here that we have to repair. But versus immediately defending ourselves, which is what His Majesty Cuomo did. Oh, hello, King, Which is what that police chief did, which is not what Tony did. Tony didn't come in guns a figuratively, figuratively, please, and be clear. He didn't come in figuratively doing that he came in in a very human way just trying to be human and it's working it's working for him with those people it's working with him with with the healthcare workers and his daughter and them so if i'm going to wrap this up in any way the solution which is free cuz it's always free solution is don't be like his majesty don't be like that police chief be like tony That's the guy to be like. Be like Tony. Larry Sharp, host of The Sharp Way Show. Please follow me on all the internet things. I would like you to do that. Make me famous, please, here on A Free Solution. I will see you all in a couple of days.